podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a new podcast, The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion. Today we have gone international. For episode 25, I caught up with Harry Verheesen, the manager of the Jaffna Stallions, who in December won the inaugural Lanka Premier League in Hanbantota. Harry, who lives and breathes cricket, talked about what the win meant for Jaffna, working with international cricket stars like Pakistan international Shoaib Malik and his own coaching career, including spells in the UK with Cambridgeshire junior sides and Marchtown Cricket Club. Enjoy the show. Hello, Harry. A warm welcome to you on the paddock and the pavilion. A happy new year. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, thank you for inviting me to uh, speak a few words or interact with you on uh, paddock and uh, pavilion. Thank you very much and happy new year to you too. Well, it's great to see you again. And firstly, congratulations on managing the Jaffna Stallions to success in the Lanka Premier League. Thanks for your best wishes and congratulations. It was a pleasure to uh, manage the Jaffna Stallions and I'm in a humbled position after winning the tournament. I'm very humbled to be the manager of the winning uh, LPL inaugural season. To start with, what, is it, what has it been like living in Sri Lanka since the pandemic outbreak? From what I'm hearing from the world, it's not as bad as the Western world. But saying that, still uh, living in uh, pandemic situations indoors uh, some of the time, uh, since March of this year, almost six months we were indoors. So on that basis, uh, it has been a bit difficult, but it's not as bad as uh, the Western world. No, no. So we're in a tier four situation here where we're advised to stay at home. So with the uh, prospect of the short term of it getting worse. But uh, let's get back to some good news and about the cricket. How did you get the team manager's job at, at the Jaffna Stallions? A consortium of friends of my friends uh, bought the uh, franchise, but from uh, almost day one, they were using me as a sounding board uh, before they got involved. And uh, basically, I was on an advisory capacity at the beginning. And at one point, a chap who was supposed to uh, take off the, as the manager couldn't make it, and they asked whether I would uh, oblige by taking it over. And really, by default, because I had other commitments. In fact, I went for a meeting to Colombo for a couple of days and uh, suddenly I had to ring my family and say that I had to go to Kandy and Hambantota and I'll be back only after almost one and a half months. So really it was by default. But saying that uh, at the moment, as I said, I'm very humbled to be in this position. And what was bubble life like? I say you said about six, six weeks in a bubble. What, what's it like? We're all living in a bubble to a, to a degree, but not to the degree you were. Yeah, the bubble life was not easy. The first four or five days we were in Kandy, which wasn't too bad. But once we got to Hamban Tocha, uh, the first seven days we were strictly quarantined by ourselves in our rooms. Uh, it was like a prison cell where the food was served to your room and you had to be confined to the room. Those seven days were pretty much difficult. And once we moved out and with we were able to mingle, it wasn't too bad. Uh, saying that even, although the uh, all five teams were in the same hotel, we were in different bubbles. And when days went by, it became uh, much easier. 
Right, yeah. That's what you hear about with the England uh, cricketers who've gone out to the Big Bash. They've had sort of two weeks in, in their rooms. So the competition had five teams, the Colombo Kings, Dambulla Vikings, the Gaul Gladiators, the Candy Tuskers, and the Jaffna Stallions. Why were they called the Stallions? Uh, they were called the Stallions because um, uh, if you connect the Jaffna Kings, they were on horses. And even the temples in Jaffna, they very much have horses or stallions uh, as a symbol. So that is one of the reasons why we were called the Stallions. And uh, what was it like working with international cricketers? You had uh, Dwayne Olivier, the South African, Shoaib Malik. It was superb. It was honestly superb. And uh, all of them, uh, in a way, looked up to me for some reason. They were calling me legend X, Y, Z. Uh, perhaps the way I operated myself and I got on well with them. And in fact, I got on very well with all six of them. And you've had, you had some uh, Sri Lankan players who are currently in South Africa in your team as well. Yes, indeed. Uh, four of them are there. To name them, Suranga Lakmal, who has captained Sri Lanka in the past. Uh, we have uh, Minod Banko, who is a fresher. I think he's making his debut as we speak. And Dananjay De Silva, one of the better players. And I'm missing one, uh, one Indu Hasaranga, who obviously made the uh, debut in the last game. And also our team analyst, uh, uh, GGT Niroshan, is also with the South African team at the moment. Now, talking about the competition, you started really well. You won your first four games and then lost uh, three of your last four in the group matches, um, qualified for the semi-finals, but... When you lined up for the semi-final, how confident were you of beating Dambulla? Uh, I will go a bit uh, backwards and I will start from the beginning. Certainly. I don't know whether you saw the clip where I made the uh, team uh, talk before we went for the first uh, practice session at uh, Ambantota. I did mention that uh, we are winning the tournament. Winning is not everything. Winning is the only thing. And I, to a great degree, I believed in it. And we went on to win the four, first four matches and be the first team to qualify for the semi-finals. And once we qualified for the semi-finals, we made some tactical decisions to rest our players and also experiment players. Two reasons. One, obviously, we want to try different combinations. Two, we didn't want any injuries. And even at that point, I was still confident. If we really wanted to win all the games or most of the games and go into the finals and win the finals, I think it was quite possible. But some of our players would have broken down, which you saw with other teams. So once we came to the semi-final, we came back to the original sort of combination and we ensured that we won the semi-final and the final. And even after the semi-final victory, I did uh, mention that I'm quietly confident that we are going all the way. Oh, it's an interesting concept there. And I can see... Uh the benefits as well, because the team that you played in the final were only fourth in the group, so they came with a late run as well, didn't they? The Gold Gladiators. Yes, absolutely. The Gold Gladiators, we had already beaten them twice uh, in the uh, preliminary rounds, and on that basis, we were confident that we will beat them in the final as well. Now, just for listeners, in the final, Jaffna batted first and got 188 for six, and Gold finished on 135 for nine. How did the game go for you? In my view, to be very honest, again, uh, I don't know whether I'm being overconfident. 
Uh, I think in the first three overs of our batting, I felt that the game was sealed because I think in 2.1 overs, we were 32. By the end of the third over, we were almost 40 for no loss. Uh, Johnson, Charles and Avishka Fernando were going great guns. At that point, I felt we were going to get a reasonable score. In fact, I was aiming for 200. We ended up with 188. And I think 188 was a very good score with our bowling attack. And what was your immediate reaction after lifting the trophy? Emotions were running very high and I was in a humble position, but emotions were absolutely running very high. But emotions were running higher after the semi-final win, in fact, uh, because it was something that I uh, or the team really wanted to do to get into the finals. Once we got into the finals, as I said, we were quietly confident. And which players um, from the Jaffna team uh, stood out during the competition? Uh, certainly, as you have uh, mentioned, Vanindu Hasaranga was a superb player, superb find for Sri Lanka. They had already found him, but he showed his class, became the man of the tournament, and he has showed that uh, in his debut test match, we are taking four wickets and scoring a 50. Uh, I think he's the first Sri Lankan to do that in test cricket. And no doubt, uh, out of the overseas players, Shoaib Malik is a standout player. We don't have to sort of uh, tell the world about his abilities. He was the man of the match in the final. And what does this and mean? I should for... mention, sorry, uh, Stephen, I should really mention uh, our skipper, Cicero Pereira's uh, hard hitting as well, where he bailed out us in two games, and also Avishka Fernando, who did a great job and uh, bailed out in two games as well. No, thank you for that. What does this mean for cricket in Jaffna? I've read lots of stories about troubles you know, that Jaffna suffered with the Civil War. What, what does this mean for cricket in that area? It means quite a lot uh, for the people of Jaffna uh, because of the war situation. Uh, there's been a lot of disarray in the last uh, 10 years, even after the war, uh, misleading uh, youngsters going in the wrong path. So this has brought Jaffna together and focused them in sports and concentrate on sports than other uh, irregular activities. And what has also happened is the diaspora Tamils who are living abroad are coming forward to putting up turf wickets in their own villages. In fact, already two or three uh, people have got in touch with me to help them connect with people, sort of do that for them in their own villages. I would like to add something more. Uh, Jaffna has only one school which has turf wickets at the moment and another school where within the last year uh, I, along with another friend of mine, helped as well to put some side turf. These are the only two turf figures in Jaffna, one middle turf and one side turf. So now what is going to crop up is quite a lot of turf figures in village clubs as well as schools. And there's talk of an academy as well, I, I read. Yeah, uh, Jaffna Stallions are working on an academy. There is something else which I, am uh, which I will be launching along with a friend of mine uh, pretty soon. But uh, unfortunately, I'm not in a position to uh, sort of expand on that information, uh, which will be launched hopefully within the next month or two. Well, the best of luck to that. Looks like you've made a, and starting to make a real difference in, in a, an area that has suffered in the past. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, thank you. Now, can we just go back to your own background um, yourself? Um, and where, are you, where were you born and, and, and your roots really in Sri Lanka? I was born in Colombo in 1966. That shows my age. I'm 54 years of age now. But my my parents, both my parents are 
their roots are from Jaffna, from two different villages. Uh, in fact, I am uh, living in one of my uh, ancestral homes, my mom's home at the moment. Uh, and I played cricket in a school called DS Senanayaka College, uh, where I played from under 13 to first 11, along with uh, the legendary Aravindar Silva and Hashan Tilakaratna, who both of whom captained Sri Lanka. Because school cricket is very big in Sri Lanka, isn't it? Definitely. School cricket is very, very big. I remember the younger days when I was young. Uh, Dalich College used to um, visit or tour Sri Lanka with cricket and rugby. And Dalich used to thrash the Sri Lankan schools in rugby. And uh, the Sri Lankan schools used to thrash Dalich in cricket. Uh-huh. That shows the comparison in school cricket. Now, I know some of your cricket in background, playing background, but... Uh, could you let listeners know, you know, the various clubs that you've played for and the people who made a difference to you when you were playing for them? In fact, um, I, started, I started playing cricket at school, obviously, but uh, unfortunately, after the 1983 uh, disturbances in Sri Lanka, I moved to India in 1985, I think. In 1985-6, I played some cricket in um, India, for a junior club. I represented something called the Tamil Nadu Junior Coles. At that point of time, I faced uh, uh, S. Venkat Raghavan, who became an international umpire later on, who captained India as well. Uh, since then, I moved to England. Cutting a long story short, I played some club cricket for a club called Serbian Tamils, which was renamed as Surrey Seamers. And then I got involved in... Um, cricket business. I had my own brand called VIV and I had a small cricketing shop along with a friend of mine uh, in Oxford Circus in the heart of London and my business partner who is still a friend of mine uh, went on to become the owner of Cricket Direct. I think it is the largest cricket shop in the world if I'm not making a mistake, Cricket Direct. Uh, At that point we used to have a very strong league and the league uh, contained of about eight Sri Lankan amateur clubs whereas Others played as well. Uh, to name a few, even Saurav Ganguly, before he got into the Indian team, he played in our league for another club. And Alvin and himself, the former West Indian captain, played for my club a few games. And there were people like uh, Mutaya Muralidharan and a few other Sri Lankan players, some other Indian players. Uh, Angus Face, not Angus Face, Alistair Face, Angus's brother. Carlos Remy, who played for Sussex, I think. And Umar Rashid, unfortunately, who passed away at a young age, who perhaps would have played for England. There were, there, there, the list goes on like that. And since then, um, I moved to... Then I played for another couple of clubs in um, England, in London, a club called Sri Lankan Middlesex, uh, then a club called Marcus Cricket Club. Unfortunately, these two club, clubs don't exist anymore. And since then, I moved to Cambridgeshire. And when I moved to Cambridgeshire... Perhaps you won't like this story. You may, you may not. Um, I visited the Marchtown Cricket Club and Doddington. And I had a chat with my wife. I, I asked, where should I play? And she said, why don't you help the small village club? Hence, I joined uh, Doddington uh, <laughs> without joining March. And I'm happy that I joined Doddington in one sense. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that it doesn't exist anymore. The club doesn't exist anymore. I think in uh, 10 years, we came up seven divisions with the help of myself and... Uh, Another legendary cricketer of Cambridgeshire, Clayton Brambert. 
and 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 since then once uh, i i played a couple of games for marchtown as well and when marchtown cricket club went down to tucker 2 i think it was called tucker tucker 1 right. and tucker 2 yeah, at the time uh, i was asked whether i could uh, become the coach of the club because at that time i was coaching uh, junior cricketers in cambridge yeah? uh, something noteworthy for me to mention is i did uh, coach max holden who went on to captain england under 9 in 19th and uh, chris pepper who played for essex a few games and michael pepper who played for essex with uh, max holder i would like to mention a small story he was predominantly a left hand batsman and and he was scoring hell of a lot of, lot of runs He's, he averaged 125 when he played under 14s and when he was under 13 really for me at that point of time i gave him to bowl because without mentioning names of coaches they were reluctant to give him to bowl because he's doing all the batting they have to give everyone a chance but i thought no this boy has a has something in him i gave him to bowl there are other coaches parents were asking me questions but i said no he's the best bowler we have to open the bowling with off spin let him have a go with off spin so i think that department also helped him to um, uh, get into the england under 19 setup mm-hmm. he bowls part time off spinners i still believe he has the ability to get into the england team but i would have expected him to be in it but he hasn't performed enough perhaps he's still young and that will happen coming back to march town cricket club so the very first year itself i was able to help the club to bring the club back to chaka 1 and since then we have worked very hard and last year before i left england to come to sri lanka we managed to end up fourth beating the arch rivals uh, wis beach uh, in four games i think Yeah, that'll get some people from Wisby's listening to the show now, uh, Harry. Uh, facts, going back facts just are to, facts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're like Rafa Benitez now. Now, if we go back to just a just a little bit to your Cambridgeshire coaching days, what attracted you to coaching in the first place? Um, at Doddington, I think there was some uh, help needed, so I just thought I will help them out. Uh, at that point, I was not a qualified coach, and then I did my level one. and and then i i was in india for two three years once i got back i wanted to do something different at that point of time i thought uh, i had been breathing cricket from the age of about five so almost half a decade uh, half a century now um, so at at that point 30 40 years i had been breathing cricket i had been living cricket although i haven't played at the highest level uh, i thought i i should give something back to the game and i decided to go into coaching it's obviously something you've got a passion for coaching though yeah yes certainly no doubt Well interesting to hear what you said about uh, Max Holden there um hopefully people develop at different stages that he'll still come through and and play for England but moving forward then on the the England sort of tone England has, England have just arrived actually in Sri Lanka and I do to play a test series against Sri Lanka starting on the 14th of January at Gore what uh, what do you think about the series what do you what do you think about England's chances of of winning I I think uh, in my personal view uh, I haven't followed enough international cricket very lately especially because of the pandemic as well as uh, the LBL and so forth uh, from my reasonably limited knowledge I think uh, both teams are evenly balanced perhaps uh, Sri Lanka has a bit of uh, home advantage so do you think is the, is the goal wicket normally a spinner's paradise Uh, generally it is a spinner's paradise and there are a lot of good spinners coming through with the sri lankan side i think which will help sri lanka so have you got a prediction then just on the series uh two test series am i right 
Two test matches. They're both at Gaul, yes. Yeah, well, one nil to Sri Lanka. It's very hot in Gaul, isn't it? Yeah. It is very hot. It can be humid and hot, yes. Yeah, I know. I've, I've been to Colombo, but uh, my father and other friends of mine have been to Gaul and they say it's even hotter than Colombo. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, and humid, as I said, yeah. Well, let's hope England England turn. England do what they did last time we went to Sri Lanka and we won, we won 3-0, although this time we're missing Ben Stokes and Jofra Archer. But just going to something we feature on this show um, about the guests' favourites, I just wonder if you could let me know your favourite batsman and, and why. The Master Blaster, uh, Viv Richards, the name itself says Master Blaster. That's the reason. Yeah. And what about your favourite bowler? Favorite bowler, I have to really think about it. Let me think. It's a difficult one for me. I thought you were going to say Shane Warne. I would say Shane Warne. Oh, not 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 Murali. You you'll uh, you won't want this show to go out to anyone else in Sri Lanka now. And no, what about I'm, your? I'm, I always speak my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the, your favorite ground? Uh, my favorite ground would be Lords. And have you got a favourite? I have on it. <laughs> you haven't, no. I haven't. Um, and what about your favourite other sport? Uh, certainly my second sport, which I don't follow much at the moment, unfortunately, was rugby, rugby football. I have played rugby at school uh, back home in Sri Lanka. I used to coach rugby as well. And looking to the future, the LPL is going ahead again, I think, is it in May 2021? July, August. They have said July, August. July, August, July, August. right, yeah. And you're hoping again to be working with uh, the Jaffna Stallions? Uh, it's very difficult for me to say because uh, once the project which I am working on is launched, it, it is a huge project and my time is going to be uh, dedicated to that particular project. But certainly my help and guidance will be with Jaffna Stallions, no doubt. Good. And your future personally, is it going to be more involved in this project? Uh, no once plans to return the, to the UK? Yeah, once the project kicks off, I think uh, three to six years I'm going to be involved in the project. But certainly there will be visits uh, to the UK because the uh, UK is home. Right. Well, hopefully we'll uh, get to see you back at, um, at Marchtown Cricket Club, where, we, where you were the club person of the year in 2019. Uh, that in... Sorry, that was a proud moment as well, to be honest. Yeah, thank you. And hopefully... When the pandemic eases, you'll be able to fly back sometime later this year to see us all. Certainly, that's the plan. To be honest, uh, sooner rather than later, I want to make a visit. Uh, last year, we wanted to come that way, but unfortunately, the um, pandemic didn't help. But certainly, sooner rather than later, I, I, I would like to come then, ideally during the summer, so that I can watch a bit of cricket uh, at the club. Well, thank you very much. And thank you very much for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion uh, stay safe and best of luck with your project thank you very much Stephen. thank you for giving me this opportunity stay safe and stay blessed thank you thank you for listening to the paddock and the pavilion you can download the show on apple Podcasts, soundcloud stitcher and spotify follow us on twitter and facebook at the pad and pad Podcast Network.